This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney. Our guest is Bethany Miola. Bethany is from Life-Giving Wounds. Now, listen to the mission. The mission is to help young adults and adults with divorced and separated parents give voice to their pain and find deep spiritual healing. So Bethany, so often when it comes to divorce, we think about the little kids who might not deal well with their mom and dad divorcing, but it can have a great effect on teenagers, young adults and adults as well. So tell us, how did your organization recognize this and how have you sought to bring healing to those groups of affected people? Absolutely. Thank you, Deacon Mike. What we're trying to do, as you said, with our mission is reach young adults and adults with God's healing for those who have had that difficult experience of having their parents no longer together. So we minister to adults, so 18 on up, we see a lot of young adults. Obviously, kids whose parents are going through a divorce, younger kids, they need so much support and care also. What we found over time and looking at the research on this topic is that it's often in those young adult years that, say, a child had their parents split up when they were a little kid. It's often when they become a young adult, especially when they're starting to get into relationships, discerning a serious relationship, maybe realizing like, hey, this is a lot tougher than I thought it would be, or just having that emotional or physical distance from their childhood home, that young adults in particular start to really look at how their parents split has affected them. So we've seen in our own ministry, it's a very fruitful time to be addressing the ways in which having parents that are no longer married or maybe were never married and later split up, how that's affected people. We also see people in our ministry who are into their older years, 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond, who may have never had a chance to really dive into this topic and also benefit from a supportive environment, you know, infused with our faith, with the truths of our faith with the sacraments, and just a chance to feel like they're heard, possibly for the first time, that they're heard about the ways that it was difficult for them, and it continues to be difficult for them to not have parents who are married. So that's just, in a nutshell, the kind of people that we are privileged to work with and the kind of work that we're doing with life-giving wounds. So often we tend to bury our pains, and like you were saying before, adults decades later can still be suffering from those issues. When you're dealing with people that are dealing with those pains, how often do the pains get buried? Yeah, that's a great question. Something we talk about a lot in life-giving wounds is what we call the wound of silence. So that sense that people have either, you know, their own internal sense that it's not okay to talk about how their parents' divorce has affected them, or sometimes very explicitly society, their parents perhaps, other people around them might give them the impression or even explicitly say like, hey, this is a good thing. Like your family has changed. It hasn't ended. You know, give it some researchers call divorce happy talk. Like, hey, you get two Christmases now or your parents are happy. Like this is going to benefit you. If the parents are happy, the kids are happy. I'm sure we've all heard phrases like that. All of those can even unwittingly feed into the sense that children of divorce can have that it's not okay to talk about how I feel my negative feelings or feelings of discomfort or anything other than positive feelings are really not welcome. In addition, you know, obviously divorce or separation, it causes chaos in a family. It's a crisis for everyone, you know, for the parents that are going through it, absolutely, especially those spouses who want to be married but who are abandoned, who are the victim of the other spouse's affair, for example. There's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of emotional turmoil, and a lot of times the kids' feelings and what they need can just get lost in the midst of that. 
So one big thing that we're trying to do is give voice to that pain, give a place where adult children of divorce can meet others who have that same experience and talk about it can have that beautiful sense of, oh, you too, like you too have gone through this. I'm not alone here. I'm not alone in facing what felt to me like totally unique circumstances, especially if they've never had a chance to really voice some of their feelings out loud in a supportive environment. That's a lot of what we're trying to do to break that wound of silence that so many feel. Not only does divorce break up a family in a way, well, actually quite literally, but it also can get nasty at times and children and young adults and teenagers and adults can be witness to such nastiness. It could be as simple as words to lawsuits and everything else. On a parish level, there's a great need for support groups to be set up. How is your organization trying to address this issue? So what we offer, our main offering at the heart of our ministry is a weekend retreat that we travel around the country and run a life-giving rooms retreat. That gives a chance for adult children of divorce to go deep into this topic, to look at the ways that they may have been wounded, and to see the ways that Christ is there calling them towards greater peace, greater joy in the midst of all of these challenges. We partner with dioceses and college campuses. We're present currently in 12 different locations around the country, and we're growing to, we're adding another six this calendar year. So we're growing in the sense of having a local chapter that can provide that support. Then we also offer ideas and curriculum to do support groups. So that could be at a parish level. That could be more diocesan-wide. We offer online options. Some of the chapters offer online options to give a place for adult children of divorce to come, to have some ongoing support, to read things that might connect with their experience, and to talk with others. And we provide training for all the leaders that will facilitate these types of retreats and ongoing groups. So you come into a diocese, you basically establish the program and lay the foundation so that you won't have to come back, but the local leaders will take over. That's the idea, yes. We're aiming to establish chapters that will continue ongoing support for adult children of divorce. So we do have one already in Florida, down in Miami, and we have one upcoming in St. Augustine, and both of those chapters are planning fall retreats. So for listeners in the Tampa area, that might be a way to plug into something relatively local, not quite in Tampa, but we do have two growing chapters in Florida. What kind of outreach do you do for those who have suffered so much that they've left the church, they blame God? How do you reach them? That's a great question. We do see quite an evangelistic focus of what we're doing. As you implied, there can often be a connection between going through an experience of family brokenness and having difficulty with the church or a difficult relationship with God. There are absolutely connections there that we see and that are borne out in research. We often do meet people who come to our retreats who are maybe not quite sure of where they fit in the church, not quite sure of how they feel about certain teachings or what their relationship is like with God, but they very much are conscious that they want to look at these wounds caused by their family brokenness. And we've seen some just beautiful fruits come out of this time of encouraging people to take their pain and their suffering, to put it at the foot of the cross. We aim for a very gentle approach, especially for folks that might be just uncertain of what their faith life is right now. But often it's through the witness of seeing others who have experienced this deep suffering as well. And their witness of their own vibrant faith can draw others back to the church back to realizing the loving father that we have in God and the beautiful mother that we have in Mary, 
that sense of having that family and that home in the church. But it certainly is difficult. And in terms of outreach, we try to be very creative. We have a big social media presence. We try to get the word out, you know, beyond the usual channels and reach people directly, especially through our Instagram and Facebook pages. And then encouraging local chapters to think about what are ways that you're trying to reach those who are outside of the church. And often it's through family and friends. So if someone has experienced a life-giving wounds retreat, they absolutely, we all know people who are affected by divorce or separation. So often it's people inviting their friends, mentioning it to a family member, having that bridge of trust to feel like, okay, I feel like this is something I can do. I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but I'm going to give it a try and see if this helps. We're talking with Bethany Miola from Life Giving Wounds. Do you have any stats that have shown children of divorce end up divorced themselves later in life? There is a direct correlation between coming from a divorced home and being at risk of divorce yourself. There's quite a few studies out there that find that connection, and it's especially strong if both the husband and wife themselves come from a divorced home. So unfortunately, that is something that children of divorce need to be aware of. We always stress that statistics are not destiny, that no one is fated to have that result in their own marriage, but it absolutely shows the need to look at those wounds, to address them, to seek that healing so that children of divorce can fulfill what's often an incredibly deep desire to have a strong marriage, a strong and lasting marriage of their own. But it's one of our joys to help people be able to do that. Can you talk about the logo that you have on the website, the heart with the wound and the cross? Paint the picture of what your logo looks like and what it means. Yes, yeah, so that logo it was designed by artist Michael Corsini, and there's a couple of different things going on with it. We mean it to recall Christ's sacred heart, the heart that is always open for all of his people, that is filled with mercy and love for all of us. And we see there's kind of a pathway that goes through that heart. It kind of looks like a wound that's splitting the heart, but it leads to the cross. And then from the cross, it leads out towards others. We often talk in Life-Giving Wounds about finding a mission within your wounds, that whatever suffering somebody has received in this life, to find Christ in that suffering and see what the Lord is calling us to out of these pains that we've experienced. So that's a little bit of what we're going for with our heart logo. Do you have professionals that lead the retreats? Does clergy lead it? Is it peer-led? So one of the main fundamentals of our ministry is that we are peer-led. We see it as very valuable for adult children of divorce to hear from other adult children of divorce, to be able to connect with people who've had that same experience, but have also experienced a deep level of healing, have progressed. None of us are ever done with completely being healed, but have progressed along that pathway. So on our retreats, the presenters and the small group leaders all themselves have that background, are adult children of divorce who have very strong faith lives and can now witness to others and help others. We also partner with psychological professionals at pretty much every level of our ministry. We have psychological advisors for the ministry as a whole. And every retreat team has a counselor who is either on site or at least on call to give whatever is needed in terms of professional support. So we highly value people receiving psychological help. We encourage that a lot. We ourselves are not offering counseling or therapy per se, but we like to see ourselves as a bridge to receiving counseling if a person discerns that that would be a good next step to them in how they're trying to heal. 
It's really important for people to just talk it out. Even in my own life, I have experienced times where I kept things bottled up, but literally when I talked it out either with my wife or with somebody else, you just walk away feeling so much better and so much lighter. You do. Yeah, there's a real beautiful effect of sharing our burdens together. You know, like you even have the image from the Gospels of Simon helping Jesus carry his cross. That beautiful sense of being able to be a Simon to someone around us, especially if there's a commonality with the things that we've experienced and suffered. And often a lot of the feedback we get from the retreats is just a sense of gratitude for having a place to share with others who get it. But not just share and like, let's all like sit here and vent about all these terrible things that happened in our life, but share in a way that's really where we went through these things. We need to be honest about them, but we know that Christ has more for us and Christ has that deep healing that we desire and that greater joy, that greater peace. And journeying together, there's definitely a beautiful sense of shared communion in both suffering and in healing. We're talking with Bethany Miola from the Life-Giving Wounds. Bethany, can you walk us through what a typical retreat would be like? How many days is it? How many nights? And what type of programs can they expect while they're on the retreat? Sure. So our typical retreat is a weekend retreat from a Friday evening through Sunday afternoon. We like to say that our retreat follows the Paschal Mystery as a pathway. So the first part of the retreat is a sense of dying, a sense of going into the wounds and the hardship. We talk very specifically about how Having parents who are no longer married may have affected you, affected your identity, your faith, your relationship with others, your relationship with God. What are the different struggles that come from having a family that is no longer united? So that part of the retreat, it can be heavy. It can be difficult. It takes courage to go into those dark places. Then we move towards the sense of resurrection, of taking all of those pains, those hurts that have been shared, that have been pondered, Take them in prayer to the feet of the cross. And kind of a high point of the whole retreat is Saturday evening with a time of Eucharistic adoration and confession. So those moments of being together with Jesus, of opening our heart to him, of receiving the Lord's graces through sacramental confession. And often there's already a sense Saturday night, a real sense of greater lightness, of joy. We try to do something fun on Saturday night, whether that's making s'mores or having some wine and cheese or something celebratory at that point. And then the Sunday portion of the retreat is going deeper into the resurrection, but also talking about our mission going forward, that sense of going forth that the Lord calls all of us to do. And then the retreat culminates on Sunday afternoon with Mass. And throughout, there are six different talks that cover a number of topics and also small group time and plenty of time for personal prayer, reflection, silence and talking one-on-one with one of the retreat leaders or counselor. There's a lot that happens. <laughs> it's certainly like many retreats, it's a lot fit into a small amount of time, but it's meant not to be an endpoint, but a way station on the healing journey that hopefully can inspire some greater clarity about where people have been and some greater direction about where to go from here. I used to actually run a retreat center for a while, and your retreat model is exactly how I used to run retreats. You made sure you had time of talks, but also time of Eucharistic adoration and mass and sharing. So good on you. Way to do it. Yeah, I I wouldn't say we're really doing anything drastically new in terms of the format. Like, you know, very tried and true. Like our church already gives us 
so many ways to have those times of prayer. I mean, we're just, we try to cram it with as many sacraments and sacramental moments as possible. <laughs> Cause yeah. I mean, that's really where those graces and that feeling that love from God is really where the healing takes place. So absolutely, you know, I'm sure we're not breaking new ground necessarily in the format, somewhat in the topics, I would say. I believe we are unique in addressing these topics of family brokenness, but doing them relying on the treasury of graces that we have in our church and our faith. Now, we've talked about the release of something that's been pent up for months or years or decades and how healing that is. But what if you're an introvert and you want to attend the retreat, but you just flat out are not going to stand up and tell your side of the story? Sure. Everyone needs to go at their own pace. And we make that clear throughout our materials preparations on the retreat itself. So perhaps somebody just feels like they're going to benefit a lot from sharing from others, but is not ready to share. That's totally fine. There's no forced sharing. Everything is optional in a sense. We don't want anyone to feel like this is just too much. We know these are heavy topics. We do always ask people, especially if they're working with a counselor or a spiritual director, to kind of go over like whether they feel ready to engage with these topics in a sustained format. But absolutely, it's not about performing in any way or having to do any particular thing. It really is about meeting the Lord where you are on your journey and seeing what the Lord has for you next and where he wants to heal your heart and to draw you closer to him and closer into abundant life. You're part of the story if you are suffering through something like this and you're just afraid to get up in front of a group. You're part of the story maybe next year when you bump into somebody that is going through this and you can counsel them yourself and maybe encourage them to attend a life-giving wounds retreat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all on a different timeline, you know, in terms of what the Lord has for us. I will add to we encourage and create space for journaling on the retreat. I think most people can benefit from journaling and especially those who might tend more towards introverted, not ready to share with others. Journaling gives a way to still get those words out there in a sense, not just kind of stuck around in our own head, but get them out there in a discussion with God or just putting things down on paper. A lot of people have said that's been really beneficial to have that be a focused time and something to carry forward as people continue to process through things and face unique challenges that can be a real help. Is the retreat for Catholics only? It is not for Catholics only. How we describe it is it is a Catholic retreat. There are many moments of Catholic spirituality and devotion. All of those, again, are optional. If someone comes who is not Catholic and is not comfortable with a certain devotion, they are welcome to spend some time in private prayer or journaling. And we have had people come on our retreats who are Protestant, who are of a different faith altogether, a non-Christian religion, or who describe themselves as atheists that are not really there with faith yet or at this time. And we've had really good feedback from everyone who's come, whether they're Catholic or not. But we do always make sure people know that everything that we do springs from our Catholic faith. All that is taught on the retreat is completely in line with Catholic teaching, which we see, you know, not just to follow out of obedience, but because that really is the source of truth that we believe is at the heart of healing. We have some great retreat centers here in Central Florida. One of my favorite is the Bethany Center, which is just outside of Tampa. So if you ever come down to Central Florida, I highly recommend that you check out Bethany Center. I'll actually be there next week. So looking forward to that. Wonderful. That's great. Yeah, Bethany Center, just Google that. But we have several places. That just happens to be my favorite. So, so Bethany, why do you minister to young adults and adults, but you tend to shy away from ministering to children? So, of course, 
younger children whose parents are going through a divorce or separation absolutely need care and support. I would refer to two other ministries, if I may. One is called Faith Journeys that addresses these difficulties at the school age level. And one is called Restored Ministry that speaks specifically to teens and young adults. For our ministry perspective, one motivation was that often it's in young adulthood that people do start to become more cognizant and able both emotionally and spiritually to engage with these topics at a deeper level. Another thing that we're very conscious of is reaching those young adults at the point where they're thinking about relationships, they're getting into relationships, trying to get ahead of that statistic we mentioned earlier of children of divorce being statistically more likely to divorce themselves, trying to reach the young people at that point to help them with healing to prevent those future divorces, if you will, and just help them develop stronger relationships through addressing these wounds. So absolutely that ministry is needed for young kids. It's just not where we as an organization have felt that call to enter into that space. What if you're a divorced parent who might want to attend, even not so much for healing themselves, but maybe to check out the program for one of their children? We do get that request. We reserve the retreat solely for adult children of divorce themselves. So if someone is a divorced parent without also being an adult child of divorce, attending the retreat would not be the right venue to encounter the ministry. We do have divorcees attend, of course, who also themselves are adult children of divorce, but the focus remains on how their own family wounds have affected them in whatever way that has looked like. For divorced parents, absolutely, I commend them for wanting to look at these wounds in order to help their children. We recommend, we have a whole resource list on our website of books that are excellent to read through, to ponder, to use as ways to understand their, their child's experience. Bethany, what can somebody do to help bring the program to a parish? So somebody could get in touch with us. Visit our website, lifegivingwounds.org. There's an easy way to contact us through the website. And then we're just happy to chat. We actually pretty frequently have conversations with diocesan leaders, with parish leaders who want to know more about life-giving wounds, what can they do in their own community. We're always willing to set up an initial call to talk through the local needs, the local capacity, what we have to offer. So open invitation. We're just wanting to go wherever the Holy Spirit opens doors and wherever there are people who share our passion for helping adult children of divorce heal. How about volunteering for your organization? Our volunteers, we have a team now. We're over 175 people, volunteers throughout the country. Our volunteers come from our Life Wounds alumni. So when people attend the retreat and then they have on their heart, like, I would love to be involved in some way, we provide some opportunities, whether that's helping write for our blog. We have a lot of beautiful testimony stories that alumni have shared there or potentially helping with a future retreat as a small group leader or presenter, help get the word out. But our volunteer team, again, comes from the alumni who have experienced our retreats or our events in some way, and then want to give back and join in the mission of what we're doing. How can someone learn more about Life-Giving Wounds? They can go to our website, lifegivingwounds.org, or also find us on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. And please, if you're listening, please say a prayer for us and say a prayer for all those who are affected by family breakdown. Really uh, always appreciate extra prayers. So Bethany, tell us, when are the two Florida retreats coming up? We have a retreat in Miami that is coming up September 23rd and 24th. 
And then we have a retreat in St. Augustine coming up on October 14th and 15th. Our guest has been Bethany Miola from Life Giving Wounds. You can learn more at lifegivingwounds.org. And this is How We See It. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.